in a world in the year 2017 in a time of tradition in a city where anything can happen in a war that isn't his every day in new york city on the miami police force in the deep south Justin, of course, we are knee deep in October. Of course, it's my favorite time of year for the, for uh, late fees. Obviously, the video store is open. I'm sorry, the drive-in is open now because we're all mobile and uh, in our own world uh, right now. Uh, I'm here with Dom and Pat and Eric. What's up, fellas? Hello. What's goody? Hello. <laughs> uh, we we also have you know I just want to get right to it. We have two very special guests. Uh, two women that are really fucking killing it on the horror tip. Uh, one of them is, is, a, is a really close friend of mine. We've known each other for fucking years. Uh, I want to introduce Kat and Jazz from Girl That's Scary podcast to the show. What's going on, ladies? Hey, y'all. We in this hoe. Hello. Hi, howdy. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Like, like I said before we started recording, thank you for doing this. I know like it's going to be weird for a lot of people listening to Late Fees. They're going to be like, women actually like will come on this show. I'm like, yes, they will actually come on this show. For, for two years, we've been lying about knowing a single woman. <laughs> and now, oh, you know, there's always room to grow. <laughs> I'm going to keep you um, <laughs> so obviously if you've already seen the title of today's show <clears throat> and the cover of today's show we are talking about the saw series but before we get into that we love to talk about what we've been watching but before we get into that i just want to interview cat jazz for a second um girl that scary podcast i i came across it a couple months ago um i'm a huge fan of this podcast i think it's very much needed in this space what you know made you two want to start this podcast and, and just really just be a voice for you know, African-American women in the horror space. Wow, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> every time. <laughs> um, so people have been telling, hey, y'all, it's Kat, y'all know. But um, uh, yeah, so people have been telling me for a while that I've had like a voice for like radio or whatever. I'm like, I don't really know what that means. But um, I've been getting like encouragement for other people. And then one day I was just like, fuck it, let's do this. Um, and I didn't want to start a podcast by myself because I'm very weird about like talking <laughs> about shit by myself. Um, so I had asked Jazz and Jazz was on a previous podcast that I had did was their intro um, for the link up. And she was just like, fuck it, let's do it. So we did it and we've been doing this for a year. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that <Jesus>. came quickly. <laughs> We're a little baby now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Emmy, and you guys are uh, clearly consistent, but clearly you've gotten yourself quite a following. Uh, you, 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 you're, Hosting a panel, I saw a couple a couple of days ago. You guys surprise, yeah, <laughs> Afropunk. Um, that's uh, October because I don't know when this episode comes out, but tomorrow it'll be out tomorrow. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa it's coming out tomorrow. Well, hello, Afropunk. or it's out today. It's out today. Sorry, it's out today. <laughs> oh, okay. oh yeah, well, yeah. It's not Saturday, which means that Afropunk is uh, 
October 23rd to through the 25th. Um, and you can register for free, RSVP for free. But at 5.30 EST, um, we'll be joining um, Zoe, who is, I don't know, Gravity or Zero Gravity. Zero Gravity. Yeah, and Kai FX. So, and we'll be talking about, you know, all the killer horror scenes that we loved as Black women. And mm -hmm. it's going to be fucking dope. We was cutting the fuck up. It was a good time. Yeah. I'm so sick that outside is closed. Yeah, outside is really closed. And it's, so, it's upsetting me and my homegirls. And, you know, if you can't go outside, where can you go? I haven't been to the club since March. I'm tired. Bruh, I haven't been to a restaurant. There's, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than it's October. We don't have nothing else to do. We're obviously all watching horror movies. So that's going to be the theme of today's what have you been watching? Obviously, I've been doing my 31 days of horror. Uh, it's my fourth year doing it. I'm tired. But it's actually easier this year to do. But I'll go around uh, to everybody in the panel and ask what you guys are watching. Eric, I know you're not watching anything scary. Watching, <laughs> probably watching. I still have. I feel like I have something to contribute still. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll kick us off with a bang. I'm actually uh, restarting to watch Better Call Saul, which if you dig deep enough to its core is about the horror of the white supremacist justice system. Thank you. Uh, Pat, Pat, what are you watching? I, I'm gonna give uh, I, I was so far ahead on the horror. Uh, yeah, y'all are piece, killing it. But now, but now I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm only timed up. I mean, I've, I've seen 22 new ones, and it's the 22nd. Uh, watched Wicker Man, the original, for the first time last night. Uh, it was fucking great uh psycho 2 which i think more than one of us has seen which i thought was yeah. going to be really dumb uh but i think i it's actually good. liked more than the first one yeah. and uh i love perkins so that was great and i mean i've been all over the place i watched mask of red death too vincent price uh so i'm just trying to uh a lot of self-education this month but I, I, they've been most of the shit i've watched is pretty good so yeah uh dom you you You've had your hoop told. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> I uh, well, how doing, in addition to uh, marathoning all the Saw movies in like a day and a half, I also did the entire Nightmare <laughs> franchise like out of order, uh, which was really like just I watched one and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do the rest." Uh, and I watched a couple like fake French like Giallo movies that I like, hated. And um, my, like I basically stacked my list up for the month with a bunch of stuff I like at the beginning, like a couple of rewatches, like the screen movies and stuff like that. And then I'm now at the part where like, it's like a chore. It's like, I have to knock out two movies today, which two are going to be paired well enough together for me to have a good time. Uh, and I kind of wish I'd done more franchise stuff because it's easier to go through a whole series. Like the Freddy series was so easy to move through because like, there's a progression from like, great to like pretty good to weird to like terrible and like kind of back again yeah uh unlike the saw thing that i did like a few days later which is not the same amount of fun but like <laughs> it's been good i mean i'm if i'm being honest i'm at like 48 movies today because uh, I, I i watched robert zemeckis's the witches this morning and oh how stuff. bad was it it's pretty, the pretty HBO one? yeah it's, it's worse than the original oh yeah no considerably the, the original is like really good this one's yeah. like uh, Really offensive. Um, Hathaway's, <laughs> Hathaway's CGI very, very mouth in that one shot looks like shit. It's just yep. the mecha shit. It's just he needs to fucking like go somewhere. Cat uh, and Jazz, you guys, you you keep a running list on the podcast of everything you guys watch. What have you been watching this month? How's it going getting through this spooky month with more spooky movies? Uh, wow. Okay, so what have we watched this month? The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> uh, 
out. We recently checked out 32 Malasagna Street, and that was okay. It was okay. It wasn't scary, It though. wasn't terrible. I mean, it's, you know, mm, we mm-hmm. could chat about that. But I personally <laughs> um, have watched, damn, what the, what the fuck? I've watched everything. Um, I've been watching a lot of kid horror. I've watched The Addams Family, like, three times because I'm insane. Um, <laughs> I've been watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, what the fuck else? I don't really oh, I've been watching um, Impedagore. Ooh, yeah. Because I've heard about Shutter that. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. It's on Shudder, right? Yes. Yeah. Shout Press out to Shudder. A million yes. subscribers for Shudder this week. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Pull up on Shudder if you love horror um, because it's awesome. It's the best $6 a month you finna spend, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did, did they... Shudder's dancing on Quibi's grave. Thank God. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Talk about a ghouly story. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, all jokes aside, I did watch, I watched Green Room and I feel like that is a gnarly, um, like psycho horror drama, uh, thriller that, uh, doesn't get enough praise. A little uh, reminiscent of Saw too, with being trapped in the room. Yeah. It's a nice chamber piece. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. terrifying. It's, uh, like about fascism and Nazism, how it's <laughs> metastasized everywhere, whether we not, whether we like to believe it or not. And that's the real horror right there. Epic, epic arm hacking out. too. You got that's the real horror. Uh, I've of course been doing mine a day. I've gone back and started rewatching all the Friday the 13th. I got the huge deluxe box set Yes. from Shout Factory. It is fucking incredible. If you can find it now, I don't know if it's sold I think out it's gone. Yet. Yeah, it, it, if you can find it for some type of price, definitely do it. It's like 15 discs, every single movie, commentary from the past and some new commentary that hasn't been out yet 4k transfer you said they look amazing they look great they took it from the original printings of the uh, of the movies and they made them 4k completely widescreen uh they look crisp as fuck it looks like you're actually in the theater um i've also been watching a lot of shutter as well i watched um what is it the the uh what's that it's the anthology movie i literally it's slipping my mind um what was that mortuary collection the mortuary yes yes mortuary collection one of the best anthology movies in a long, long time, bro. There aren't that many good ones. <gasps> wow. That's really? interesting because everybody Did we watch saying, the same movie? Everybody's saying yes. that. And I didn't hate it, but out of all the anthologies, maybe because I've seen so many movies, I was expecting Past couple years. scarier. Um, <laughs> some of the lines were, mm. everybody just keep praising it. And it's like, when the, remember when The Witch came out and everybody was like, this movie's awesome. And I'm like... Did we watch the same movie? Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking whoa. it there. I'm I taking more- I went to the theaters. I watched it three times. I tried. I thought Mortuary Collection was solid. I Well, I think my favorite story was obviously the, the safe sex one. I thought that was the one that was like, whoa, we've never seen this one before. Yeah, that's just probably not. And then- <laughs> I like the twist on the usual the usual thing where it's like you know like, right, usually right. these anthology these anthology stories I remember BHS that has the you take the girl home story and then yeah. it becomes crazy this is a twist on the you take the girl home story now it's like the girl takes something with you home and it, 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 it was it's really cool I won't spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it uh, obviously we have mixed opinions on it. I need to, I guess I need to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, I thought it was really dope. I, I gave it like four stars on Letterboxd. So we'll see. I don't know. But, uh, that was what we're all watching. And we're going to tap into the main event 
of the Saw franchise. And you guys know how we do this. We do this speed date, speed elimination round style. I think for this one, since we're doing, we're going to do five movies today because we found out that everyone overwhelmingly either watched the whole series like me uh, and Dom did or watched up to five. Like, when I uh, saw, when I went on Eric's page and I saw his last four reviewed movies were all of the Saw movies, <laughs> my eyes did that thing in cartoons where like they turn into like the jackpot uh, symbols and then my tongue rolled out of my head. So since we're doing five, let's say we give each movie around eight minutes. We got yeah. double the people here, around eight minutes per movie. And I'll start the time after I introduce the movies. How's that sound for everybody? Yeah, that's good. Cool. Uh, so first movie, 2004, Saw. Uh, director by James Wan, which is insane because now James Wan is doing Aquamans and DCs and all this shit. This was, this was his feature directorial debut. Uh, written by Lee Winnell, starring Carrie. Oh, Wood- Lee Winnell's career nowadays can't be uh, understated either. I mean, oh no, with, Invisible uh, Man, Invisible top Man. five, top five box office draw this year in 2020. I know it's a crazy year, but still, I mean, it has to be said. Danny Glover's in this movie. Monica Potter, Michael uh, Ermanson, a lot of people in this movie. Let's start talking about it now. Eight minutes are on. I, I'm mixed about Saw One. Wow. Okay, what are, you, are you, I mean, I think here's the thing for me and why I always uh, go back to, like, I love this movie and I love the franchise because of this movie. Um, it can't really be overstated how bad some of the performances are in this movie. Thank you, that's uh, why I mixed. From, from non-actor Wanell, uh, who uh, I think it's, a, uh, for an indie horror script and the bad shit that was coming out when this movie came out, uh, on a script level, even though it's hokey, it's a pretty good script, I think. It really uh, is, yeah. Needs a dialogue pass, which I say often on this show. <laughs> but uh, it, the non-actor in Wanell is... Uh, the only true, the only person who's a professional actor in this movie who's giving a competent performance is Monica Potter, and she's in it for about four and a half seconds because Carrie Elwes and Danny Glover are giving hysterical performances. Hey, put, terrible. Put some, put I didn't hold you here, right? Put some respect on. Put some respect on Danny Glover's name. We're gonna when get this car, motherfucker when in, sing. When he's, he's in the car, he's like. Sing, <laughs> I will say that I think I think Danny Glover is giving like a consistent performance commensurate to like what he does in other movies around this era. Mm-hmm. And I yes. think that Kara Elwes is like assassinating his own career frame by frame because <laughs> every creative choice he makes in this movie is the wrong one. And there's no one to go, don't do that. Because he's like one of the, you know, he's like the star and yeah. clearly one was like an experienced director was kind of like, yeah, I guess he's got it. He didn't got it. He didn't have it. Uh, Being Kat, captive Kat. in a room somewhere. Cat and Jazz, how'd you guys feel about one? I'm, I'm mixed on it. How you, how you ladies feel? I love it. So I don't really know where we go from here. Yeah. Um, yes, it had the shaky dialogue. I, I go into movies just like, you know what? Fuck it, throw it at me. Because it's already a horror thriller. I already kind of know where this is going. Most of the time in these kind of movies, you know, I'm not, it's not going to be great dialogue. I'm just here for the shaky shit. And was I scared? Yes. At this point, I ain't seen no movie like this. They chopping off feet. Your own what? feet with a rusty saw. It was that, that was that, my that, problem. Be, okay, no, hang on, hang on. Before we get into the, could this saw have cut through someone's Thank leg? Thank you, because that's <laughs> which you might be right about that. I think uh, the ladies are right here that there. This, I mean, this spurned a lot or spurned spurred a lot of uh, horrible imitations that are still going on right now. Yeah, a hostile, uh, but all yeah, other yeah. Like. But uh, when it came out, it was like. Oh, what? Like it was crazy. Like, like yeah. you just knowing, like, oh, a guy has to cut his leg off. 
Like, well, no, he was trying to cut through them, them big ass chains. Yeah. That was okay. my problem with they the both were, yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest lines is he wants us to cut through our feet, which, why, he, why, your, why did you say your foot? Like, that's not what's happening in any version of it. So the, the, the basic gist of this plot is that it's a race against time uh, from these detectives and these two men stuck inside of what seems to be a bathroom uh, to catch this killer jigsaw and to figure out why they're all really there. This movie spawns a lot of tropes that we're going to see through the next couple of minutes that we review every single one of these movies, including plot twists, including really crazy editing. Can we talk about the editing in this movie? Like, I, said, it's like I, a, I think I said to Dom, the editing in this movie looks like the Twisted Pictures logo. <laughs> it's like the, it's it the, does the, the like barbed wire yeah. spin that's how the movie editing is what's interesting honestly is that if you think about the franchise the guy that edited these first like four movies ends up directing i think five and yeah. seven so like that guy is actually the most consistent visual person involved with the franchise and like mm-hmm. that jittery weird like repetitive editing where like everything feels kind of like a previously on sequence from like yeah. a tv show like here's some shit you didn't know here's some new shit you didn't know like that's that's all here in the first movie but like i think visually the first saw movie kind of looks like what would happen if you tried to make a fincher movie with no money or talent <laughs> you know, you know, like, not 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 shooting on the movie i like yeah. saw one probably my favorite saw but like it has the aesthetic and griminess and grittiness and like the color palette of a david fincher movie but with like none of the technical expertise yeah and it kind of works though, because like the parts that make Saw special aren't like the bloodiness and like the gory mm-hmm. aspect. It's a story. It's the weird mystery and the yeah. setup. And like, this is one of those screenplays. It's like maybe it's not the best in terms of dialogue and, and other things. But like, when like you see guys that like write books like Save the Cat and shit, these are the kinds of movies they're telling you to write. Like something that really hooks the viewer, has feel like like the right number of turns, has like a punchy ending. Like, yeah. In terms of the rest of the franchise, Saw starts out really, really strong. And yeah. None of the movies come close, really. It, it can't be said uh, from, from me enough. This, this ending is not just well, uh, one of my favorite let's, let's talk about let, Hold on. Let's talk yeah. about the ending. Let's right. talk about the ending. Here. All right. So throughout this whole motherfucking movie, <laughs> there is a man. And I'm going to talk about how unfair Saw is to the viewer. This isn't unfair to the viewer. I'll say that in this movie, it's not unfair. The actual, the actual Jigsaw killer... He's not, he doesn't really kill anybody. Is on the floor the whole time. Where were you when you first saw, no pun intended, this twist ending? How did you feel about this twist ending? I, Pat, I'll get to you last because I know okay. you got something to say. I just, I just love Jazz, it. Eric, Dom, how did you guys feel about the twist ending? I um, saw it in theaters, I think, opening weekend. And I, I liked it too. This is something that I did not see in theaters, but the ending oh. was definitely out as fuck. Um, I think the... <laughs> And I think I also watched Saw out of order. I think the first Saw I watched was what? two. Yep, I watched two. Then I watched one. Oh, then no. we got them on the DVDs, and I watched. I definitely remember three. And honestly, not, I'm not jumping ahead too far, but I like three the best. Sorry. Thank you. Okay, interesting. I think that's not an uncommon opinion. Um, yeah. Let's I'm, go. I'm, I'm a two. I'm a two guy, but I I do appreciate three. Um, I, I love I love that we're framing this ending like it's like the sixth sense or something. Where were you? It's, and- it's way better than that <laughs> stupid movie. It, 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 it is way better oh. than the sixth sense. It Wait is. a second. Hold on a second. I, I disagree is- with that. But <laughs> I wish M Night Shyamalan directed this movie. Oh, it's funny you it, wouldn't that, like, it wouldn't have lasted. It's too much I, dip on your chip. <laughs> she said it's too much dip on your chip. He's like, no, nah, not. Nah, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, 
I, I, I think I saw this. This is probably the only one I saw in theaters. I, I, I'll get into this later. I don't want to jump ahead, but like this movie got memory hold in the weirdest way. Like when I was watching four for the first time, or oh, I thought it was the first time I was like, Oh wait, I have seen this before. Like it has this odd, like, it just like was buried in my, my, my subconscious. I, I just forgot that I'd watch these movies, but when I was reliving them and rewatching them, I was like, Oh, this is all starting to repopulate. And I remembered like the thrills that I enjoyed when I watched them, you know, I guess 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, the ending absolutely works. And I agree that uh, with Dom and Pat about just how like lean this script is. It almost, it is, it feels like it was trying to be like an indie darling at, at some point. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, I could see this like playing at like Sundance if it wasn't, if it was just like the murder was taken out and it was just like this psychodrama about like a fa- family, you know, uh, some sort of like family generational trauma or something. Um, but yeah, it, the, I forgot how much I enjoy this movie. This movie slaps and uh, the first three really uh, surprised me in like the best way when I revisited them. So uh, best scene really quick. We got 20 seconds. Best scene. I'll go with Dom first. Oh, just the ending. The best thing is the ending. The yeah, dude right. standing up is the best scene. It's so awesome. When he does the, like, stretch when he stands up and the music <laughs> is hitting, it's like, you feel like Lee Winnell in the bathroom. We're sitting All in right. my family room like, Jesus Christ, this is awesome. Cat Jazz, what's the best scene to you guys in this movie? Yeah, I'm definitely messing with the end. I'm yep. definitely, yeah. The definitely in the end. He get up off that ground. I said, oh, shit, he was alive. Did he surprise your ass too? <laughs> I think I'm, I gotta I gotta go I gotta go different with you guys. I, I like the shotgun trap. The shotgun trap was really good. Oh, it is cool. It still gets me. The one that gets Danny. Me. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. that sequence, like in the in that warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Danny Glover is more jowly than usual. Just. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's weird because this was like the year after Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, he was born. God, yeah, yeah. No, no, four years. Four years. Four Royal years? Tenenbaums was two thousand. Wasn't it? I don't know. Oh, one, I think, 2001. Okay, so like two or three years. He aged a lot. I I will respect and love and and celebrate Glover as like one of the first like vocal like socialist uh, actors, like hanging out with Hugo Chavez, like a king. Uh, (laughs) When did this become Saw? Uh, (laughs) Eric saw two of you talked about black sites. (laughs) Yeah, wait till till we talk about two. Uh, No, but my my favorite scene, my favorite scene was any time a character was Carrie Ailes and... um, and uh, what's well, my name? Lay Winnell. Yeah, Lay. Lay. Uh, anytime they would throw something to one another, and they would like pretend to miss it because it was like always <laughs> so obvious that like if somebody catches it the first time, he'd like miss a key and like, oh, where'd it go? I was like, oh, I love this shit so much. They're, they're, <laughs> they're really trying here. It was. It, it is like it has this like gumption to it, this moxie to it, is like this little like um, like indie horror that could. I loved it. So on late fees, we usually keep or let movies go or keep movies in our personal collection. Uh, we call that keeping it in the video store. So I'll say that I'll keep this movie in my personal video store. Uh, what say you, Cat and Jazz? I'm keep. Yeah, hell yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, what's, what say you, uh, Eric? Absolutely. I mean, this does kickstart a, a labyrinth of stories that work to different differing degrees, but I think this is a, a very, as much as we talk about this franchise, I, I truly think this is a, a special movie as far as like what it spawned for better and worse. There are, as Pat was saying, terrible knockoffs and terrible motifs that have continued on, but. Um, um, Some yeah. within the franchise itself. So after, <laughs> uh, after, after three, it starts to really show its ass, but. Um, and so uh, Pat, Dom, you guys keeping it? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
This might be one of my most watched movies of all time. That's insane. That that explains a lot. Um, (laughs) One year later, we get to 2005. And at this point, I'm like in college. Like I think Saw became like a a, yearly thing that everyone would see this movie. Well, here's how you know it's fucking insane because you had like two and a half, three years ahead of me in college. I don't know how you half a year ahead of somebody in college, but... uh, I was still seeing them when I was in college. Like I, I remember yeah. going to this shitty mall with Parker every fall and being like, all right, here we go. Like this dumb fucking movie again. <laughs> so immediately after the opening weekend of 2004, Saw, they greenlit the sequel and, you know, they weren't able, James Wan and Lee Winnell were not able to actually do this movie again. But Were they not able like, to or did they not? Uh... I think they were doing Insidious. They were doing Insidious. Yeah, I think they were moving okay. on to do yeah. They were actually creating yeah. a different really successful subgenre for <laughs> Exactly. So this was directed and also co-written by Darren Lynn Boosman, who would shepherd this franchise throughout the, the and whole And he's back, know, baby. Spiral. Yes, sir. So uh, we are gonna talk, yes. of course. We're talking, of course, about Saw 2, which is some some people's favorite movie in the franchise. Uh, it starts off with the same the same premise. We now know who the Jigsaw Killer is. It is, of course, John Kramer. But now we're introduced to Eric Matthews, played by Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> Bobbing. Who, who we're going to talk a lot about in this movie. I'm going to start the time in eight minutes. We may go over because there's a lot of stuff to get through in Saw 2. So I'm starting the clock now at eight minutes. Saw 2, Cat, Jazz, how did you ladies feel about this movie? Well, okay. Um, needle pit. It was disgusting. Girl, I was there. <laughs> but, but, but the cut... They got four times the budget, apparently, or they definitely had a way bigger budget, but the jump cuts they still use. I'm like, you yeah, can yeah, have transition <laughs> with the budget you had. Girl, they treated this, not into this. Okay. But this was also 2000s. That's what they did. Even with big budget movies, you'll see mm-hmm. that a lot, especially with horror films. So, yes, I liked it, um, but it's not my favorite out of the series. What? This fucking movie was crazy. It was. What are you talking about? Like, I told you, three is my favorite. We always see the same movie. I must be a different. Well, you That's, know you carry this on your back. Listen, so. they tossed baby girl in that, that uh, needle pit, and I said, this shit is crazy. I got to cut this mess off. Like, this I, remember, I remember seeing that scene in theaters, and it hits way different in theaters. That's why, like, that's one thing that I love about the experience of seeing these movies in theaters, and I'm sure all of us have experienced at least one or two of these in the theater. Hell is yeah. When she gets tossed into it, the whole theater was like, oh, like it looked. And the thing is, if you don't have that reaction, it just looks like she's just like, ah, like she's picking them out. Like, I feel like I missed like at least 10 to 15 seconds because you're doing this when it happens. So like that definitely like, saw two, it, <laughs> it ups the ante in a lot of ways. Now you have a complete cast of people within the trap uh, that are all ex-convicts who have to figure out why they've all been brought together. And this is another trope within the series is that everyone in these traps for some strange reason are seven, seven degrees of John Kramer in some way, shape or form. And also the version of this in five is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. Yeah. I forget to say that. Totally. It's I literally a it. corrupt land project and they all get trapped together. But that's like, the, that's, I know, I know Eric's going to go off on that entire like part of it, but like the thing I want to point out is like, I think that this is the movie where everyone involved was kind of like, given feedback from the audience in the first one that they wanted to see more of the actual violence and gore. Because the first one kind of keeps stuff off camera, which I think is better or whatever. But like from this point on, it's just like whatever fucked up shit we come up with, you're going to see it happening. Like you're going to see someone later in the movie trying to cut their own fat off and stuff, like just yeah. keeping it all in frame. And it kind of works, kind of doesn't. I mean, to me, Thought 2 was basically just like 
fucking cube. Like it's just the cube movie, but without the square <laughs> part. And like uh, the director apparently had written another script on his own. And then they were like, we can make this a soft sequel. Like it's, it, it's, so he wrote like a shitty cube movie and then they came in and like grafted Jigsaw onto it. Yeah. And then that just becomes the future of the franchise. Well, I don't that's, know. That's interesting. Cause I think it's one of the twists that works the most other than one, obviously. And that, and that's another thing about Saw 2 is that it is beginning to, and you see it here, they're trying to top themselves with the twist. Yeah. Already. Which, I mean, it's simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. You will not have a better twist than the first one. And, and here's the thing. I give this like a six out of 10 and unfair to the audience meter. The twist in this movie, if you haven't seen it, turn the show off now because we're just going to, I'm probably going to start <laughs> twist and, and work my way on down from Movie's now on. 14 years old, baby. But the <laughs> twist in this... The twist in this one is um, the actual cast had already done the trap. So the movie's actually, without telling the audience, not telling you that it's going back in time and forward in time at the same time to show you the story work, work itself out. So by the time they get to the wrong house, the trap has already, the, the game has already ended. So that is the first essential uh, twist of the movie. Did that like frame the rest of it when, when, when you got this twist? Like, does it, did, did, like, did this twist make the movie better or worse for you, for you all? I, I, I... I think this is when the movie starts to pivot into like soap opera, te- soap opera territory where it's almost like they are so hyper in tune to the story beats of like mapping it out for the next four movies that it becomes serialized. And I mean, there already is like tons of melodrama in these things too. And the actors are acting as if they are in a soap opera, just wooden as fuck. Um, but it, it works for me. And I, I really enjoyed this movie and I, I know I make everything political and shit, but <laughs> Like, it is, I don't think it's a coincidence that what made the first movie such a unique feeling, refreshing kind of, you know, hit out of nowhere was what Don was saying. Like, most of it is off screen. There was like a subtlety to its excesses, if that makes sense. Whereas number two went full, like, we're not, we're not, we're going to pull back the curtain, absolutely, and you're going to be just overwhelmed with the amount of gore and viscera uh, that you see. I think part of that has to service the fact uh, that they, in expanding the cast, uh, the amount of low budget actors increases tenfold. Uh, And (laughs) I just mean, you know, you can't, when you don't have Danny Glover and Monica Potter putting dialogue on their backs, and it's non-actors doing it, or not non-actors, low-budget actors they, doing it instead. Well, it's bad. You're disrespecting. You're disrespecting Glenn Plummer, who was in Minister Society. He was in Speed. Yeah. He was in Bones. He was in Showgirls. He was in South Central. Come on, don't disrespect okay, him. There's, He's a there, legend. There's, there's some, I mean, and then we'll see it in Five also. Then they actually really try to get, like, C-level actors for the cast. But it's just, <laughs> like, it, when it gets that big, it's harder to control the B-movie elements of it, and some of them fall flatter the second time around. Yeah, and I, I called it in my letter. I called it in my letterbox room. I call it Bush era slops cinema, where it's just like the grossest thing. It's like rock bottom filmmaking, but wow. there's something there's something so endearing about it that it's like it's like it becomes trash art in, in the best way possible. And like obviously, like uh, um, tor- like torture networks and like torture facilities were uh, de rigueur uh, in 2005 in American politics. Like our, our geopolitical failures were being defined by like torture sites and this is that where you were going with this one? Oh yeah baby yeah no yeah of course <laughs> i want to say something i think that i want to I say that like it's not so much that these series becomes more serialized over time as if they were planning future things and, like they were trying to get it all in here it's like the opposite it's like they handicapped themselves by trying to come up with cool twists 
and every successive movie has to double back to some shit you never saw yeah. to make that thing make sense. That's fair. That's it's, totally like watching fair. Someone, it's like watching someone make a, like a train set or something just like wrong. Like just going here and <laughs> going back here. And the more they do it, the more it just cannibalizes how like good the story is. Yeah. But I mean, Eric is right though. There is like a political, like the, this movie deals with like a crooked cop, right? And then like later movies deal with like the insurance industry, real estate. Like there, there is sort of like an undercurrent of like corruption because you have to make people that you want to see put in these traps. Like it's yeah. kind of what makes Jigsaw exciting is like, I want to put real estate developers that gentrify places into shotgun traps. I want to <laughs> yeah. the industry and have them like, Oh, I got to cut my face off to like get out of this house or whatever. Like it, it it's, it's, it's like a fulfilling fantasy type of thing. I mean, that yeah. sounds fucked up, but like, hold on, hold on. We got to get to the elephant in the room. We're running out of time. Uh, we got to get to the elephant in the room. That's Donnie Wahlberg as Eric Matthews. <laughs> he, he is going to appear in the next two movies, but <laughs> no as Dom said, as Dom said, they kind of fucked themselves two times because they wrote this shit too good and they had to come back and say, oh, never mind, we, we didn't do that. So he is essentially the, the purveyor of the final trap. The whole game was really about him and he ends up stuck and they come back to this fucking bathroom Multiple Why is this industrial bathroom in the basement of a residential house? <laughs> Who fucking knows? But at the end, he we find out that Amanda from the first movie is Jigsaw's apprentice, another trope that we will continue to talk about throughout this fucking series. And she leaves him at the bottom of the bathroom. What are our thoughts on Donnie Wahlberg uh, throughout this movie? He, again, is capital A acting his ass <laughs> off in this movie. Uh it's hard to look at Donnie Wahlberg and listen, watch him perform and not think of Mark Wahlberg. Like, har harder than almost any other set of acting brothers, uh, he is maybe the most cursed. No <laughs> shit. Yeah, damn. Shit. <laughs> um, I and mean, I don't hate him in the movie. Oh, I do. He's not an acting. He's just an asshole. He's an he's an angry fucking cop. And already you know me, fuck twelve. So yeah, right. we already starting off with I'm not fucking with you. I don't give a fuck that you in a trap and you a dirty cop at that. Cause you find out why Stay she left this bitch ass in there because he locked her up for no fucking reason. Yeah, so I don't feel I don't feel no way. He's one of the least sympathetic, like even for all the cops in the series. Absolutely. He's he like set up a million people and everyone knows. A lot of I them. Enough to fill a funhouse mirror, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought Rig was more sympathetic, even though he like Rig is stupid, but he's at least more sympathetic yeah. than, than Matthews. Rig's is. not as stupid as some of the other people, but yeah, he is stupid. I don't even know how Rig got that job. Yeah. <laughs> Rig yeah. should have had a job. Listen, <laughs> selling ice cream, cars, something. Uh, exactly. So there, weed. There are no there are no um, good cops. There are no good cops, just slightly less awful ones. And Rig was one of those. Um, he was he was a SWAT guy, Eric. Come on. Uh, well, that, that's why I, I, it starts to get a little uneven with the ideology after two, because I was like, yeah, he's punishing all these cops. I fuck with Jigsaw. But then he also punishes like sex workers and addicts too in a yes. weird way. I'm like, he's really- It becomes very judgy, very yeah. reactionary. Well, it's very like mid 2000s when like that stuff was still like seen as like bad. Uh, yeah, they had, like Bush era, Bush era slot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, even continued a, into into Obama's first term. But but like, Jigsaw himself is Jigsaw himself is a walking contradiction. The only yeah. reason he's making this is all here, here's one of the biggest um, one of the biggest contradictions about his own his own rules is that he says don't do this out of vengeance or, or, or you know out of you know wanting to be upset at people. 
he's all of his victims are people he was upset with or, yeah. or you know, but he put in the game. So like he is very much motivated by his own, his own terms. So that's why I feel as though the jigsaw apprentice thing is just a flawed concept. Like they only brought this up to introduce new characters for them to kill because of a decision that they make. Yeah. That we're going to talk about. Well, it's the also break. the idea that giving <laughs> that like allowing someone to torture themselves in order to rehabilitate their mind is the same thing as not is like, that's different than murdering someone. Like you got to do a lot of gymnastics to get to, to get to that point. That's yeah. like Pepe brain. Yeah. Yeah, that cocktail napkin math does not add up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so before we get off the break, are we keeping Saw Two in our uh, in our collection? I'm keeping Saw Two. I, I do enjoy Saw Two with course. all of its with all of its issues. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Keeping it. All right. So we're all keeping it. Oh, Dom, you keeping it? I don't know. No, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of keeping franchises together so we can keep two in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna break your one rule <laughs> after the break. <laughs> I think you're gonna break your one rule after the break. We're gonna talk about Saw three, four, and five. Get ready because it goes downhill from here. Uh, when late fees returns after the break. Interesting person. His name is John. He has an inoperable frontal lobe tumor. I'm sick from the disease eating away at me inside. Sounds like our friend Jigsaw. I'm sick of people who don't appreciate their blessings. Looks like our guy likes to book himself front row seats to his own sick little games. Hello, Mark. Hello, Dr. Gordon. I want to play a game.
Most people are so ungrateful to be alive. But not you. Not anymore. Okay, we are back on Late Fees, reviewing the Saw franchise. Um, we are joined by Kat and Jazz from Girl That's Scary. Are you, are, are, are you ladies okay? Are we good? Are, are we good to keep going on this on this journey? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is what we do for fun. Okay. <laughs> keep going. All right. So uh, the thing about Saw is that we never have to say eight years later or three years later. It's literally every single year. So 2006, we're going to talk about Saw Three, directed by Darren Lynn Boozman again, screenplay by Lee Winnell. So he's starting to slowly like <laughs> separate himself. Yeah. The story is by James Wan and Lee Winnell, but they, they, of course, this was probably a different movie that they kind of Jerry rigged Jigsaw into. Um, it was again greenlit immediately after uh, Saw Two, and they they filmed this all in in Canada. I think you can tell the Saw Three was kind of a Canadian ass movie. It, it looks it looks different. It was a little fuzzy when I looked at it, but I'm gonna put actually 10 minutes on the clock here because there is so much shit going on in Saw 3 and we have to get through all of it within uh, the speed date 10 minute time. So I'm gonna put 10 minutes on the clock starting now. Saw 3, we gotta talk about Amanda. She's she's not good in this movie. Darum, how'd you feel about her? I think the thing about the, thing about the Amanda character is this. They set Jigsaw up to be like this sympathetic, interesting sort of like killer figure that if the franchise is written well, you could follow for multiple movies and you could see him continue to make traps for people, set up new you know, victims and stuff. And like, you keep that formula going. In this movie, it's clear that they were writing it to end the franchise. Mm-hmm. And I think in the attempts to end the franchise, it's like if the whole thing about Jigsaw's methodology and ideology is that Amanda is like his perfect like uh, patient, right? And she's the one person this worked on. She survived, she quit being a junkie or whatever, and like now she's like rehabilitated. So to poke a hole in him, she has to fail in the story. She had like, this this method has to fail him or her in some way. And then that can be like, it's gonna sound kind of a weird comparison and I'm sorry, but like, it's kind of like the end of the Phantom Menace where like a series of gears are turned where like everyone gets put on like a really bad path. You know, Anakin like loses his connection with his mother, Obi-Wan loses his mentor. And like, that's what sets up all the bad stuff for the rest of the prequels. That's kind of what happens here. Like the, the entire movie builds to this big crescendo where every character gets kind of fucked in a way that would work if you were ending the story and you were like basically toppling Jigsaw's entire uh, plan structure like a house of cards. Right. So if this was the last Saw movie, it's actually a really good movie and it works really well. But they made like four more and they like <laughs> burned all these bridges in this one movie so everything she that comes afterwards is trying to fix the decisions they make in the last 10 minutes of this movie. So like, exactly. it's a great 10 minutes. It's a fantastic ending of a movie. It makes everything else that I don't like about the movie worth it. But in the end, I think it costs them more, you know, in terms of actual quality. I, I agree. I think this does feel like the cleanest ending. And this is when it starts to feel like they're weaponizing the, the twist. twist. Yeah. In, in a way that's just like, oh, it's, yeah, we, we hid this information. We concealed it. And now here it is. And that's why I feel like the soap opera serialization metaphor works up until three. Because then after three, it it is just like a complete meltdown of of narrative. Let me quickly run through the twist because we got to start these things twist down. So the twist (laughs) is 
This movie stars uh, one guy this time. Uh, you know, he, his name is Jeff, who wakes up, and he's the only person in this trap this time. And he is basically going against and trying to basically judge all the people that were responsible for one of his children's deaths. So that is one story thread going this on. This is the stupidest uh, character in the entire franchise, potentially. He's awful. He's, he's absolutely awful. While that's going on, you see like Dr. Lynn Denlin, who is working on Jigsaw, who has an inoperable cancer in his brain. Uh, she's working with Amanda and Jigsaw to try and, you know, kind of fix him. And he, you know, Jigsaw is alluding to a game that's going on. All the while, the cops are trying to find Jigsaw. So there are three story threads, really four story threads, because Lynn has her own. So we find out once again that this movie is taking place at the same time as the movie that's coming after it. So keep that in mind. That is the twist this time, that this, these movies are, are all concurrent and the, the essential, essentially, we get a lot of clues into what's going on next. You know, Amanda gets a letter. That doesn't get re- resolved for two more movies. Uh, Jeff is a asshole and he's terrible and I really would hate to talk about it. Like, Jeff is probably, no doubt, one of the worst protagonists in this series. Yeah, he has like the easiest obstacles to overcome, basically fails at all of them. <laughs> Uh, and then like he really does when he I mean he's the guy who kills Jigsaw in the end uh, and in doing so makes like he could him and his wife basically if she survived the gunshot could have like gotten out scot-free and with their daughter uh, and then like the series really would have ended but again because they needed to keep it going uh, he just becomes like even more unlikable in the last two minutes of the movie Uh, and I think the uh just like the maze-like nature of the warehouse doesn't really do it for me. Um, It's like kind of just like a massive scale version of like the smaller scale stuff that works throughout the series a lot better. So. Well, I I think really when you look at Saw 3, it is like, it it was supposed, it looked final, but it ends up being like a really weird middle chapter in these movies that like. They all come out of three. Yeah. Like it kicks off another, it kicks off another trilogy for these movies. And, uh, and again, like, I have to say, like, by far, it is, at this point, the most graphic of all of them. I think oh, yeah. you know, we, we all think of the, the twisting body. Why do they got to do my mans like that? Why do they have to do the black guy like that? That was you his know, favorite I, trap. I still think. Oh, I say you know why. That's just, right. You know why. <laughs> <laughs> right, I was going to say that it is strange. Just when you think um, uh, Jigsaw's on, like, the, the right side of, like, social justice. Yeah, he, he shows his ass, man. And... Uh, um, yeah, he's he's racist, low key. But the, these um, th- this structure starts to feel like I'm like Kevin Feige was probably in a room being like, they're onto something here. Like, <laughs> I mean, just 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 wait until the fifth one, then it's yeah, really gonna, like literally like watching the Avengers. Yeah, we're gonna write 15 of these movies out, so you have to like fill in the pieces, and we're gonna retcon shit and and make you feel like a dummy. We're gonna have contempt for the viewer moving forward. They stop <laughs> explaining who flashback characters are. It's yeah, so good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, if I wasn't watching this five minutes after the last one, I wouldn't know who this random bearded man sitting in the dark was. Right, and then it's like a rushing nesting doll of flashbacks. There's flashbacks within flashbacks that explain mm-hmm. a throwaway yes. line in, in movie one that won't get resolved <laughs> until movie six. I'm like, all right, I'm about to tap out. Um, and and the thing is, the 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 you know the revolving door of these twists and all this stuff, it actually ends up making characters a little, mean a little bit less. And so like. What I mean is by like in slasher movies, we know who we want to die. It's A to B to get to C at the end. And Saw, it's like A, A1, B1, C1. I think all of us are, are, are 
you know, we wouldn't be wrong in saying we only really care about the Jigsaw threat. That's yeah. the one that we care about the most because Jigsaw is the most popular character. It's the character we care about the most. And the craziest thing is how how long, like three and three especially, a lot of it is a fucking origin story. Like they, yes. it's like oh he died, but guess what? He's actually in more of the movies than he ever was. Yeah, and four ends up being a, a straight out origin movie yeah. after this. But you know, with with three, again, it's so many characters. It's so dense with the story, and then it ends up in. What I know Dom will agree, he said it before, ends up being the the most detrimental twist of this movie is killing. It's like, and, and I said this today, it's like in Friday the 13th Part 5, right? You had a fake Jason because Paramount decided they didn't want to do Jason anymore. They want to continue it on with somebody else. Final chapter was it. It's like if they wanted to continue the fake Jason thing after Part 5 when all the fans just wanted Jason again. Mm-hmm. Saw kills Jigsaw at the end and says, we're going to make it work trust us and we're and you're going to be able to get jigsaw too and every single time they put jigsaw in this movie i would say it devalues him because in this one this is where he dies and this is where the where the story kind of ends at well i think dom was right like if if this did end the story then the final note of like oh i am kind of stupid my most trusted apprentice wasn't capable at all now we're all dead the end that would work but then when you go back and just rewrite it and both Amanda and Jigsaw just look dumber and dumber in consecutive movies, it just doesn't work. Like to, uh, to me, the fact that there is a scene that's like a big dramatic moment, like where when he's in the hospital bed, he's talking to Amanda and all that stuff that later we discovered that in that moment, someone else came out from a fucking trap door in a wall to have a conversation with him. Yeah. Like having to score that in your mind, you're like, this is the dumbest shit ever. Like, why would you even fucking add this? Uh, best trap in the movie. What do you, what do you all think? The twist, the, tw- the twist, the arm, limb twister. T- twist and yeah. shout. Twist and shout. Yeah. The rack. The rack, as yeah. they call it. Um, yeah, I like that. I mean, it this film works as a salt like a single like if it was a trilogy, cool. This would have been great. But also as a horror fan, I suspend my disbelief. Oh my god, my awesome. brain is fucking exploding. I, 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 I can't I'm believe not asking, I'm not shit. asking all these fucking questions. This this dude <laughs> and this fucking puppet is on a tricycle and they trapping <laughs> niggas in reverse bear traps. This is not what we're doing in real life. I'm not about to ask how they did what X Y Z. I'm just gonna follow. What he, they got Jigsaw is so wealthy. This would th- these movies <laughs> would have cost you a million and a half dollars to make all these traps. These abandoned buildings. He ain't got nothing but time and an endless bank account. <laughs> also, I would just like to say y'all can't see me, but my face, my jaw has literally been dropped open the entire time y'all were talking because I fucking love this movie. Okay, I love it too. I, I like the movie. I don't dislike it's the all, movie at all. We're, all we're, I think we're, I think more Listen, so. I, go ahead. No, no, this is like from here on and out. Like, also, I'm a. There are a few that I dislike, but I genuinely what I like about this series period is. Because um, it, ha- I like that it has that soap opera element. I fucking love soaps. I'm an avid watcher of everything, a one life to live, all my children in general hospital. So I like that some ridiculous ass bullshit is about to pull up <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and switch this whole story on its head. Like, obviously, this stuff is crazy. Like, we know that I'm, I'm just, but I have to, once again, like Jess said, suspend my disbelief and just think that, okay, yes, if they ended it at this movie, perfect wonderful ending i like a bleak ass ending Mm -hmm. there's no resolution um basically you know jigsaw has shit the bed and that's perfect that's a wonderful ending for me but if they 
and what they decide to do, what they actually did. Now I'm like, okay, there's infinite stories and my imagination is going to go all over the place and they're going to keep throwing these crazy ass traps at me. You know what? I, I know, I know I've, I've single-handedly funded this entire franchise. That's pretty much it. <laughs> no, it's rich. They make money. I, I think, I don't think it was an issue with the quality. I, I, okay. I think more so it's like, when you look at three in a vacuum, it's completely fine. It's like, it, it's like, it, it's a great sequel. When you get to part six and you're like, Jigsaw never really needed to die. Like, it, 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 yeah. it's like th these yeah, movies will be way better with him in it than without him in it because we're going to get to part four in a second. We get some, we get it replaced with somebody who kind of has less of a, of the charisma of a Jigsaw. And I think again, like you have these horror icons and you're absolutely right. Billy the Puppet's an icon. Jigsaw mm -hmm. is an icon. John Kramer's an icon. But he only lasts for three movies. And, you know, usually we get these slasher icons. They never die. Right. I thought it yeah. was a bold decision. It's a bold decision. Absolutely to have them die. And it does create different stories. But I think where these movies start to fall flat, especially after Saw 3, which to me, I, I love the original trilogy, is where they actually try and write Jigsaw back in. If you're going to cut Tiger mm -hmm. Jigsaw... He had to go completely. Yeah. And we're still yeah. going to get a lot of Jigsaw in these movies. That's fair. You're right. I think yeah, they, they, they knew they writ themselves wrote themselves into a corner. So it's like, okay, this guy is our beloved central figure. He's not really dead because he's going to be in 60% of these movies in flashbacks. Uh, I just want to – I got to know, it's not the gnarliest kill. I think the rack – yeah, the, the rack in the needle pit of, of number two, are, uh, it's hard to unsee those. But there's, there's something morbidly hilarious about uh, – what's his name? What's the – Jeff watching his yeah. wife get shot in the back by Amanda, you know, tragically after like he's just about to be at the finish line, and then to add insult to injury, her fucking head explodes in front of her. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do like the shotgun collar a lot. Yeah, the shotgun collar is crazy. I'm just like, oh, like she couldn't just die like a a tragic, almost romantic death. It was just like, oh, by the way, I your fucking head is gonna explode. Yeah, and then he he also gets like fucking shot two seconds later. We find out. Oh yeah, in, in theory, yeah. yeah. Um, are we keeping this in our, in our personal collections? I'll keep it here. I think we got a good, I think, are we three and Original three? trilogy, baby. I think so, yeah. As a, as a, yeah. Trilogy, as a trilogy, it, it sings. I, I, I forgot how these needles are threaded in, in, in an effective way. And if they do kind of cheat a little bit and, and manipulate time and space, speaking of like, maybe they were trying to warn us about how these are going to jump uh, and like bend the space time continuum when, <laughs> When, when like a character gets thrown through like a window or like uh, a person walks out of a door and they're already in like the next scene. Do <laughs> you know how they did that? Do you know that how they in four? They actually had in four. That's real. So they would have someone go like walk off camera and then run around. They had the, the they had Jill <laughs> run around to the interrogation room. All of those transitions were done on a set. I love it, man. Oh, wow. Wow. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's some so, mid-aughts mid -aughts shit. So right when there. he, there's one where he like flips a coat yeah. and it's like literally it's one shot. He's inside, they're inside of another set. Or when Donnie Wahlberg walks out of his apartment and then he's on a, in a crime scene. I was just like, yes, oh. that, that's yeah. all on set. Yeah, that's so good. Slop, sloppy. Also, um, the, uh, when Look Closer Detective Matthews is written on the ceiling, they left out one of the T's. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Incredible. Um, let's get into 2007 Saw 4. Once again, directed by Dan, Darren Lynn Bozeman. Screenplayed by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dustin, who, again, these are the new shepherds of this franchise. James Wan, Lee Winnell, completely hands <laughs> off at this point. They're done with this shit. 
Uh, we have Lyric Bent, of course, who played Rig. And then, you know what I did love about these movies is that some of the background tertiary characters, they do get pushed into main character and top build territory. And I think yeah. that is really cool. Um, Saw I always love that. Saw 4 to me is the is the one film that I, I got to do press ratio 10 out of 10. Most unfair movie to the audience that I have ever seen in my life. And I'm just talking about there are at least three distinct time jumps. You do not realize that the beginning of the movie takes place far after the actual third one, but it actually takes place like the, the timelines stack on top of each other because Saw 3 takes place at the same time as Saw 4, to which I ask, how the fuck did Jigs? But then you, but then you don't know. We don't even know. <laughs> we don't know. We have no clue what the fuck is going on, but we are introduced in full, you know, in, in full glory to everyone's favorite detective, Mark Hoffman, who it is revealed in this movie, he is Jigsaw's main apprentice. He's the guy who's putting all the bodies on the hooks. And, and we saw like him very that. briefly in three. Yes, very, very That's briefly. True. Yeah, he's in one scene, yeah. And he makes a, it makes a face. When I saw it this time, he makes a face yeah. like, so they knew that he was going to be something. It's like they, they put hooks in these movies in, yeah. case, they, in case they were going to make another one. In, case, it, in case they accidentally made $150 million opening weekend again. How, did, <laughs> how, how are we, how are we, what's the temperature on Saw 4? This is, I'll say right now, not my favorite Saw. It's not a good movie. This is what I tapped out. <laughs> um, I don't like play. the vil- main villain. He just, uh, he looks, he has a very punchable face. And that's really it. Now, the traps, um, I'm still fucking with the traps. I do like the story, kind of, but it's ridiculous. It continues the third story, which is why I'm like, as a person that likes to see us, ultimately, I just like to see the story end. So I'm going to just be here because clearly y'all got some more shit to talk about. I don't care how crazy it is. Yeah, this is is a tough movie to get. Oh, go I ahead, feel Scott. like four continued two more than it did three because it only continues three at the very end. I felt like, right? Because Jeff Schultz well, it's, it well, it feels like it's more of a. It's just like the most egregious. Like they are literally happening. Like three and four are happening simultaneously. Like yeah. one and two, it's like one five minutes later, two starts. Two five minutes later, three starts. But then not anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's so unfair. Yeah, this this is when it gets hard, uh, difficult to be a completist like like Cat and Jazz. I I do want to see things through, but this is I had to, for my own sanity and, and, and anxiety levels. I knew this was going to be the one that m- sort of marked the definitive ending of like it, it jumped the shark when it had CGI blood. That's when you know yeah. something. <laughs> I give you this. Terrible. I will give you that. I fucking yeah. hate CGI. I, after three solid, you know, nasty movies of like practical-ish effects, you like the first kill you see as CGI blood. I was like, I'm, this is it. Jump in the shark. You might as well have Fonzie uh, on the skis yeah. going off the rim. <laughs> the, it really doesn't help these movies that um, Strom and Hoffman look so similar. They should not yeah. have cast. Yeah. They're like both like big, like brooding guys with the same haircut and the same complexion. And like, it just doesn't. They're, and they're both cops. It doesn't, it's, it's not fun. Yeah, they, yeah. I hope they on every, every white guy they cast in this looks like uh, a cheaper version of Tom Berenger, which is already a cheap version <laughs> of like, uh, I don't know, uh, like any, a real other white, any other white guy <laughs> over the age of 50. Uh, like a Corbin Benson type, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and they become, intercha- they become disposable and you're just like, yeah, okay, this is another white guy who looks just like that guy who's going to, meet a, a dramatic end <laughs> I think, uh, so, uh, the, 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 the writing of this movie is really like 
both like shitty and impressive in the sense that like <laughs> the dudes that wrote this and the rest of the movies are the two guys that wrote that movie Feast. They they were like Project Greenlight one year. I don't know if you guys have actually seen that. Yeah. And when you watched it, those two guys were such like serious lovers of the horror genre, lovers of like all this stuff. And you can tell this is like a job they took and we're like, oh, fuck, we have to write Saw and they killed Jigsaw. What are we going to do? <laughs> and they're really like irreverent, like open-minded guys. And they're like, well, fuck it. What if we go like, so it, it, when you're watching it from the perspective of someone like it is now your responsibility to keep this franchise going, how do you do it? You know, from like a technical side, I get what they were going for because it's exactly the same structure for the next few movies as like R. Kelly's trapped in the closet. You just keep stacking on more shit and you keep going. And like, uh, you know, it's, it's wild enough to work. And like uh, the only issue they have, I think that makes the Hoffman movies not work as well is that that character isn't interesting. That actor's not good. And like, it's just such a departure from Jigsaw as a character. So like this one for yeah, me- let, for, Let's be real. Let's be real. The re- the, all, another big reason why he's not likable is because he wins all throughout this movie. He does mm-hmm. not take a L in this movie yeah. at all. Yeah, I he's like amazing at Jigsaw's job other than like <laughs> not being Jigsaw. Well, they have this weird relationship, I think, like, the Jigsaw is originally written like a Batman villain. Like, he's just like a guy who has a crazy trap, a strict ideology, but he's also kind of sympathetic, you know what I mean? But then for this later period where he becomes like a background ghost figure, they actually write him more like Batman, where he has these apprentices and they have to, like, stick to his specific rules. If they don't, then they're, like, bad. So it's really just him and Mark Hoffman's relationship is just like Batman, like Jason Todd. It's it's the same thing. It's just like... One guy who has like a strict moral code that doesn't make any sense, and another guy who's like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna kill everybody." And usually, the characters that break those codes aren't treated like superhuman. Like, it's weird to see a guy who's like a dick and wrong and never, never loses for like four movies. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, what are you saying, Kat? They win. I fucking love it. They win in real life because I really. <laughs> Everybody can't win every time. So when people are losing, I'm like, oh, this is perfect because I don't mm-hmm. expect everybody to get away in the end. I love a bleak ending. Me I too. also like com- an open ending. I don't necessarily need a sequel to come from the open ending. I just like the whole what if, like whole bubble cloud think thing once it happens, once you finish the movie. So that's perfect. I I like this movie. It might be one of my least favorites, um, but I do like that as someone who, is a fan of the story. Not like Die Hard, because that's crazy. Um, but I like how it pushed the story along. It gave me like a different perspective to what's happening. Like, because we obviously know three, two, three, four are kind of happening like at the same time. So it was just like, okay, kind of like that moment when you're watching, um, what's that fucking movie, Cloverfield, and those two guys meet on the bridge, and you're like, okay, these are two <laughs> people going through the same bullshit, but somehow their stories connect. That's kind of how I felt about this movie. It's like, all right, it's pushing the story along. These skills are tight. Let's move on. Yeah. I, I think we got to talk about another elephant in the room here, and we haven't talked about him at all, and that's because the movie has not made him important whatsoever, and that is Detective or Officer Raid. He's the main, oh, yeah, the main character of the movie. <laughs> He's the main character of the movie, but it, once again, in order to further a guy that we don't even really know or care about yet, who's in a trap for most of the movie, by the way, uh, Rig is written to be the most impulsive jackass I've ever seen. Like, there's nothing about him that is, like, to me, likable other than the fact that he does want to save everyone. But he literally tells him, like, I'm going to show you everyone's suffering. Just don't do anything and everyone will be fine. And Rig hears that and runs out the door. Like, <laughs> he's so stupid. 
again, this is when my when my boy um, Fuck Twelve Jigsaw comes through. He he has <laughs> he he, ha, he has disdain for cops and rightfully so. Like I, I do like how every cop here is like a a self important dickhead who uh, acts on impulse and causes more harm than good. Because what are the cops? What are the cops is actually a serial killer though. So it's on brand. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a reflection of our times, baby. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I do admire some of the writing when it comes to introducing, like like you said, we saw Hoffman for a scene in two, I think. Three. Three. We saw Reagan two and three, and now he's a major character in yeah, four. I, I do like yeah. when these sort of tertiary characters become – uh the the focal point of the show whether if it's hero or or villain and it doesn't like they don't care if the person is a good actor they don't like they're just like here's a person from saw you know him you love him now they're being tortured like there's something something admirable about that in a a kind of a perverted way yeah i'm with it so one of my favorite things about watching sopranos was like guys in season five you watch season one you're like that guy's in the background and he's 10 years younger and now he's a major (laughs) character but for them it like really worked perfectly and for saw it was the opposite in most cases (laughs) so when we get to saw four we may diverge a little bit from the perfect score does this stay in your personal collection what are we what are we saying what are are we going to do we keeping it we're not keeping it I have yeah. to say no, because if I say yes, then I'm going to have to keep every single one of them. <laughs> you got to stop the train. Dude. Yeah, so I'm, end, I'm done at three. Stopping the train. I would, not, I would not keep four, only because the other entries in the franchise that I do, the other, this lone other entry in the franchise I like, has enough flashbacks to this where you don't need the movie. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they actually cut it out entirely. Right. It's a lot of fucking flashbacks. They could actually, I feel like, I don't know if it's two or three, that's like an hour and 48 minutes. I'm like, 18 minutes of these minutes of fucking flashbacks. Yeah. Three, 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 it's three, three, yeah. yeah three, three, is like, real, the three is the only one that's over two hours, I think. Three is two hours. And it's yeah, like, why, where's my, where's my 80, 90 minute movie? That's what I want. My attention span. I can't do all this shit. But I, okay, because I like three so much. And like I said, I forgot I even saw four. Like, I don't know who it was to say that. <laughs> Eric. I, yeah, I forgot. I saw, I saw four and five and forgot about them. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I only saw one, two, and it's three. It's the same movie. So I'm okay with one, two, and three. <laughs> I have to watch four and five. And I like torture. I like torture porn. I'm, I'm yeah. with the gore. I want to see entrails. But shit. not in these machines and not with Jigsaw's flawed twisted like oh i'm gonna put you in this trap because you know you you was on heroin or something bitch i don't got time for your motherfucking ass like i'm not with that like once i watch saw all the way through which i am and i'm gonna go all the way to spiral i am but once i do that i'm done I'm fucking finished, okay? You're not it. finished. They're going to throw another no, movie no. at you. Okay, maybe the new one, but I'm not going to re-watch these. Like, you would hey, get the right. set and keep it. You got to re-watch them. I, I am, I'll say, I, having gotten through five and I think having seen through six in the theater, that's what I was looking at Wikipedia, like, all right, I stopped at either five, six, or seven, and I have no idea. Uh, but I have, like, enjoyed rewatching them, and I'm like, oh, I am a huge fan of this franchise They're ridiculous, and, yeah. and I think when we say, like, we don't, we, like, we, we're not going to keep them, we don't like them, I think on their own merits, I love horror movies, so of course I'm going to watch these movies whenever I can, because I, I actually hadn't seen six or seven so like what? again, it was it was completely like I, I stopped I stopped going to go see him. Yeah, I I'd given up. I I think by by the time six and seven hit, it was like 2010, 2009, 2010. Like I'm still out had, here. 
We have been I, through I, I also, I'm like, if, if I can speak like pretty knowledgeably on the eight Saw movies, I, I, th- I'm, I think that's funny. So <laughs> <laughs> let's get to our final movie of the episode. We have finally made it here. I'm talking about 2008's Saw 5. Uh, it made $113 million. So this, this shit isn't slowing down. Starring Tobin Bell, of course. He's back. He's been dead for two movies. Uh, Julie <laughs> Benz. Megan Good is in this movie. And hey. this movie, and the, the story of this, she dies a terrible death, by the way. But she the story does. of this uh, is, is FBI agent uh, uh, Peter Strom in, in Saw 4. He was locked in the same room as Jeff. So he ends up being the one who kills Jeff. And now we're trying, this is, this is basically, and the reason I hate this movie so much, it is, it's Hoffman the movie. It is his origin story mm. throughout this whole movie. The other characters, the other characters just don't matter in this movie. How do we feel about Saw 5? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I like that it's kind of like three in that if they'd, obviously they weren't going to, uh, they made 11 times the budget but uh as a if if this were the last movie it it could be the last movie in the series uh and even though it sees hoffman winning big uh it wouldn't be which i don't (laughs) like uh and it has it's it's the first movie where it's like oh not only would these traps be expensive they're literally impossible to to make this shit uh especially the room that hoffman uh uses at the end of the movie uh, but I think that in and of itself is like, okay, well, like if they decide they've wrapped all this up, they have. Uh, yeah. But of course, it's nope. just all the Hoffman and Jigsaw flashbacks is just so. Oh, I mean, it's like what you were talking about with El Camino when it was like how easy it is for, oh, this is the shit you didn't see for that mm-hmm. to be like just flat and stupid. And that's what this whole movie is almost. How crazy is it in these flashbacks that these these actors have obviously aged, but they have to be de-aged with, through makeup and yeah. Tobin Bell has to like have a beard, a gnarly fucking beard throughout yeah. this movie. It's fucking stupid as hell. Um I guess we should get to the actual main trap of where Julie Benz and Megan Good and all those other no names are, are on. I almost said uh, Eddie Winslow, but that's the next movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, he's sick, yeah. These are all, it's just like it. a, it's a shitload of TV actors so trapped they are, in, in this room. They are all building, construction, land, uh, property <laughs> people who were involved in a house fire that basically helped gentrify a uh, a neighborhood, and that's who are. Being and they like the killed stuff. eight people in the house fire, or something. Yeah. It's not quite in- clear, including the actual. I think the arson is actually in in there too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, so we 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 have this story of all these people. One of them dies incredibly quick because they from the first moment they completely misread the actual trap and end up killing one person. Yeah. And by the end, they have nothing left. How did how did you guys feel about the trap where they have to actually like give blood because. Here's my solution. I would have just peed in it. Oh, yeah, that's, a when lot I was of, watching, that's a lot of piss. Well, yeah. It, but when I was watching it, I did think, like, you could just put anything in there. There's another trap in a later movie that has the same thing where there's just a scale. Yeah. It's like, it has to be your flesh. Like, it could be anything. Not gonna work. Just, like, put pressure on it. Wait, well, so what did you say? Yeah, yeah. 
when y'all were well, the first for the first trap when they had the the contraptions around their neck and yeah you, that's the one you're referring to where they actually just straight up kills my right was I tripping <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well hold on now I'm jumping the shark but actually that person did not die surprise so really just oh yeah, yeah yeah see you know I was just like oh you thought he was dead he wasn't oh I'm no 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 I'm, oh you're talking about jigsaw we're, we're on saw five that's jigsaw. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like, ooh, I was like, I'm jumping ahead, but still, spoiler. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known that. This is when the girl gets decapitated, the blonde girl, right? And it's like, yes. it's one of the, like, the cheesiest rendered, like, it's, it looks awful. It's one of the worst looking girls. Like, yeah. it was like, you, you guys spent all your budget on uh, the traps. Eight, eight more transitions uh, that, give, <laughs> that, that cause uh, epilepsy. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I think Saw Five is like, and again, they're trying to rush the main trap. Like the point I want to get to is like they they rush the main trap to the last two very quickly mm-hmm. because the actual story of them doesn't matter. And I think this is where Saw to me kind of lost the plot. And I thought mm-hmm. to me, I, I I dislike this one even more than the than the last two, which got like overwhelmingly negative scores. This one to me was like it was a middle entry in a franchise. It felt like they were just perfunctory going through the motions. Like, we got to do this. We got to hit this note. We got to make mm-hmm. sure he wins because he got to make it to the next movie. Because I actually like the human story of these people trying to figure out the traps. I think uh, in, in six, where you have the actual, the, like, the, uh, the insurance thing. To me, that's one of the most effectual stories in Saw. Like, to me, that's one of the best entries in the, in the series, in my opinion, was six. In this one, it's kind of like, these people are all assholes. You want to see them die anyway. Let's just kill them in the first 15 minutes, and then you'll get to see... More Hoffman. And, and it's, have and it's Hoffman. Strom versus Hoffman is like kind of the major story of the movie. I do like when Strom gives himself the tracheotomy to survive. Yeah. The fucking thing? What? Yeah. Is, is that real? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You, haven't seen, you haven't seen Anaconda when Jennifer Lopez gives Eric. Oh, yeah. When he swallows the hornet or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, th- how about his voice after he after he does it? He's like, oh, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> he's, he's dubbed, right? I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know. ADR, yeah. He ADR'd it. I think so they were funny. To make some, they were trying to make some sort of profound connection. Like they all, they're all sounding like Jigsaw now. Like it's like we we're all really Jigsaw deep in, deep down. <laughs> If these movies what? had gone on like another two years, there really would have been like, oh no, Anonymous has become Jigsaw. No, or, or QAnon would have become Jigsaw. Well, I, I wish. I think my beef with this movie is that I actually do like the central house trap with all the characters and stuff. I watched, so I, I see the movies out of order. I saw one in theaters, and then years later, I watched six, like accidentally, and then I got very confused. <laughs> so, two, three, How and the oh, fuck? that's two. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. But like uh, three, four, and five, I watched for the first time this past week. But I, the last movie they did, Jigsaw, which is like sort of, I don't know, not canon or whatever, literally reuses this entire device from five. Yeah. Like it's almost identical. Yeah. And I liked it when I saw it in Jigsaw. And then watching it this time, I was like, oh, I didn't know they did this already. So it kind of like ruined that movie for me. <laughs> but I thought, that, I thought that this main trap was cool. And I liked this stuff because it was a diversion from the Hoffman like face off shit. Cause I don't care about that. Like, I don't care if he gets caught. I don't care if this guy dies. Like when they finally get to that final set of, like a uh, face off or whatever, I just, I did not care. Like the fact that Hoffman got away, I was like, okay, fine. It's obvious that they're positioning him as just like this heel champion. And we're just going to keep waiting to see who finally beats him. And then when it eventually happens, you don't care either. So it's just, he just he, sucks. He, the Hoffman's really sucks. <laughs> He, well, the, the main thing here is like a, a setup story as well. Like there's very little horror in this movie. It's really just, 
how can Hoffman place all of the murders on Strom in a very convoluted way? And you see, I don't think anyone with like any real intelligence would would uh, fall for this. And then you figure out in the next movie, like the very next movie, hey, we all knew that you were Jigsaw from the beginning. And I was like, dude, why did you say that it was fucking Strom the fucking last movie? APB on Strom. I will say though that it, it works in the sense that like like Eric was talking about like these movies came out and like you know sort of like this is like the tail end of like the Bush era and stuff and like there is something to be said that the franchise moves from like a frail dying man with like a sort of wounded morality to like an angry cop who has like who just punishes people like that's it's not about like it, you know Jigsaw is all about like making you learn something or whatever or, like going through kind of, some kind of traumatic process to like fix yourself. And this guy's just like, no, I just want to kill people. I'm a cop. These people got away and I want to kill them in elaborate, but like uncreative ways. I feel like the traps getting less creative as the movies go along actually works internally because Jigsaw is dead, no longer designing them. So it almost seems like these are like bad cover songs of his traps. Yeah. Like they're so much yeah. more blunt and basic. And I think that's kind of like unintentional, but it works. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I like this. Like, well, well, that's clearly why I like these traps in a way weren't set up for these people to they, like this this trap was set up for everyone to win everyone could have won this trap like and then yeah. but they end up just killing everybody like every single way they get yeah. like they just end up killing the next person and i thought that that was way more like these movies don't feel like slasher movies to me this movie was like straight up slasher movie with just regular people killing other regular people it was just really weird yeah it's it's not directly I don't think a symptom of this, but it's uh, I'm just looking at the timetable of when these came out, and this was basically Saw Five and Six was basically the point that um, Paranormal Activity basically passed Saw yes, and relevancy. That's what, that's what I was watching. That's what I was watching when I wasn't watching <laughs> Six and Seven. Yeah, and well, the, yeah, because paranormal. the first three Paranormal movies are great. It's a, it's yeah. another thing where it's like oh these like this new thing that became the most influential thing also had three really good movies to kick it off. And those were happening while Saw was becoming much worse. Yeah. So, best trap. Ah, uh, 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 the, the, um, I gotta which go Which trap worked? Which, which trap worked? You know which <laughs> trap worked? The, the ending. The ending say, uh, that trap. Pop, that, like, the trap door box wall cave in. Mm -hmm. Again, like you were saying, there's no... Per, no one man it would take uh it would take like the defense department to make something like that like, <laughs> it, it would never work it's the and most even and even them showing him making these traps with jigsaw because like here's the thing i i agree cat jazz i agree i i obviously i'm a huge friday 13th fan i suspend my disbelief but they yes. never actually show you how the sausage is made and i think that's <laughs> why this opens this opens up this movie for this type of, of, of critical comment, like, because they're showing you Jigsaw and Hoffman making these traps, and it's just these two motherfuckers doing it. At so least, for him to, him to create, like, a whole 007 that uh, we know sliding glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who knows what we're going to find out in Spiral, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we could have had a fucking like manufacturing plant from Foxconn in China, putting these things together. And That's what I was saying. He literally has to have like an industrial wholesaler to get some of this stuff. Like, it's like, it's like, he's, us. Like, he's like the your text for Gerard Butler in law. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Gerard exactly Butler episode like, like, coming soon. Got it. Like, and, and I feel the same way with like, like movies like, um, 
like Halloween, Rob Zombie Halloween, where they show you like, this is why Michael is so tortured and awful. Like we didn't get that in, the, in, in these older movies. And that's why they hit a little bit different because we didn't get to see how it was made. We didn't get to see how these characters were created. So they were able to give us a, 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 a way for our, or an avenue for our, our senses and our reality to go to. There's literally, you know, Jigsaw saying, that's, that's how you do it, bud. Like, you got to do this. You got to hook this part up, motherfucker. And, I, and you make the little bear trap shit. That's cool, though. That's co-. Like, I don't think Hoffman did all of this by himself. And he continues to make these crazy-ass traps all the way up to the, his demise in the, in the, in the seventh movie. So I, I, I think that the traps in this one, especially, like, the glass one, like, this motherfucker went landing glass. That was, like, that was <laughs> sugar candy. That wasn't fucking glass, bro. But yeah, that's uh, that's Saw Five. That is, <laughs> it's, it's to me the worst in the franchise. I did watch all of them really quickly. I, I think Dom, you watched them too. Six is unfortunately. Yeah. Six is six is good. I think six, six is, is really good. Six is sort of my favorite. Like it, yeah, it's, it's, I think the most functional. Mm-hmm. And 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 largely Hoffman loses in that in that movie. So they actually did they 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 read the tea leaves there. Seven. So, wait, so there's six set. Seven is three D, right? Yes, seven yeah. is three D. Final chapter, whatever you want to call it. How dare they make a three D that isn't the third? Yeah, it's it wasn't third. popular. It wasn't popular at that point. How, mm-hmm. how dare they? Uh, it wasn't popular. That three D TVs, three D. Remember there was a whole like every fucking Avatar. thing was three D. Yeah. yeah, Avatar, Avatar, Avatar. Avatar. Again. Mm-hmm. They could have kept it. They yeah. they definitely <laughs> did. The, that whole 3D period was trash, okay? And they were not very optical friendly. Those of us who wear glasses, oh, yes. fuck yes. you. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, did, you, did, did you, did anyone see My Bloody Valentine remake in 3D? Yes. My one of the worst 3D movies. Time. Yes, <laughs> one of the worst 3D movies I've ever seen in my life. It was the most basic perfunctory 3D and you, they made you pay upwards of $5 more for the ticket at that time. And it was like, they made you feel like 3D was this premium thing and it fell out of favor in theaters because not every 3D movie was Avatar and that is exactly what they learned. But Saw 3D actually did do really good numbers. <laughs> like, it, did, it was like one of the highest grossing Saws in 3D, but Saw 3D's final chapter, I thought it was, I thought it was ass. Dom, did you, did you agree? It's, it's horrendous. The last five minutes is like sort of worth it, but it's like, it's pretty big because uh, a character from earlier without spoiling anything for anyone who still wants to see it finally comes back uh and it's supposed to be like this big thing but that person's somehow gotten even worse so yeah well and aren't you like i mean i obviously know what you're referring to and at this point isn't it like this probably should he shot probably should have been the the um hoffman character like they probably should have made brought him back more sense. yeah <laughs> yeah it, yeah it would have but the thing is he had a pay dispute we're probably like really giving it away, but he had a pay dispute. <laughs> he had a pay dispute, which is why he didn't come back. One of his and points. Then, he wanted his points in the growth. And then uh, Jigsaw, which I watched a couple of nights ago. I thought it was solid. I didn't. It's, I didn't but it's it. not it canon. Matter. I don't get it. It's canon. Okay. I guess it's canon. I it's weird how it, fit. it it doesn't aggressively show you how it's canon though. It doesn't like connect to yeah. all the other yeah. tendrils. It's yeah. also it, I think they said they're kind of clean di- looking movie. They're gonna discount it in uh, Spiral, I think, or at least not like not discount it. They're not gonna retcon it, but they said like this is gonna like we're not gonna use Jigsaw elements from from the movie Jigsaw to and, in Spiral. And then one of the most perplexing, I think we read this news maybe a year ago, and me and Pat and everyone were like, "What the fuck? We have Spiral coming out uh, next year. It was supposed to drop in May of this year, but it got moved to May twenty first, twenty twenty one." 
What's the temperature on this? Are we excited? Do we want to see this? I think this has the potential to be really, really good. I, I mean, I still kind of can't believe it's happening, uh, especially because he apparently pitched the idea to them and not the other way around. They were yeah. like, hey, do you want to do anything with us? And he was like, yeah, how about Saw? Uh, and they were Black like... Excellent, Black Excellence and Saw. We got Sam Jackson. We got yes. Chris Rock. It's going to be sick. I think yeah. actually what kind of happened, Justin, what you referenced earlier, where they kind of retrofit a movie into Saw, I think Chris Rock kind of brought a concept to them. And they were yeah. like, well, Saw is still kind of kicking around. And he was like, okay, we can just make it Saw. He met the guy Lionsgate. Oh, yes. Or I, yes. Yeah. I think Chris Rock actually just is a fan of Saw and because of Get Out could get a horror movie made and went to them and was like, <laughs> I have an idea for Saw. And they were like, well, fuck it. No one else does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like the director of Saw 2 is coming back. Like it's going to be like yeah, a Yeah, Bruce back. How do you guys feel about it, uh, Cat Jazz? Are you guys excited for it? I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. I'm actually excited to see what Chris Rock has to show us. Because I think um, his writing is good. Like, yeah, but I mean, but I've never seen him take on like horror right yeah. like so for me this is like yeah. out of his what we normally see as his yeah. element so i'm very curious to see what he's able to produce um i'm not gonna hold him to a super high standard not just necessarily him but that's <laughs> to like be ugly no but for real like it's the fucking saw series so i'm just gonna just go in as a thing and then see what's gonna happen because i don't want to gas it up too much because then i'm gonna be upset if it's terrible yeah i mean he's a comedian although i feel like comedians are dark and people forget that well yeah a lot of i love comedic uh, comedy comedy dramatic turns yeah when they do dramas and they do horror it tends to be pretty fucking good yeah. to me like like the new halloween like there's yeah. a comedian behind that that 2018 yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. and it was really fucking good so to me you know, no, it personally. was good. Yeah, some people will hate it, but I don't care. Who cares? I like it. Um, but like I said, I'm I'm curious to see. I know comedians have dark sides, and people don't expect it, but I'm looking forward to it. They're kind of willing to like just because they're involving comedy. They're kind of like just willing to put it all out there more than like quote unquote serious actors are. So that, that, I think that's why they can have more fun. Yeah, uh, and Chris Rock too has it. Chris Rock has made a couple of very strong movies, like. Uh, I think I Love My Wife is a remake of Eric Romer's Chloe in the Afternoon. Fantastic movie. I thought Top oh, Five was yeah. like really good. Like like a Woody Allen movie, but not, you know, shitty. So I thought that was great. <laughs> uh, the producers of Saw... Sorry, Eric, before, before I say that, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to add um, to that list. What, I'm blanking. The, uh, Head of State? Head of State is so fucking funny. Him and Bernie Mac are incredible together in that movie, but that's neither here nor there. The, the producer, Oren Coles, uh, and Mark Berg of Saw. And, and Oren Coles was actually, like, he's, he's, like, he's a guy who produces, like, Two and a Half Men and shit like that. Like, he's one of the producers on this movie. He said that what Chris Rock brought to Saw is comparable to what Eddie Murphy had done for buddy cop films, like, 48 Hours. So that is high praise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like... <laughs> That, that's high praise. So we're going to see what, where that lands, but we know where we landed here on Late Fees. We landed at the end of another episode. Thank you, Kat and Jazz from Girl That's Scary for being on the show. Um, are there, is there anything you want to plug, anything you want to tell people? Tell, tell us where they can find you at and, and, you know, all of that good stuff. 
All right, well, this is Jazz. Pull up on us at Girl That's Scary on Instagram, Twitter, and www.girlthatscary.com. We also have a letterbox, you know, letterbox.com. Mm-hmm. I say feel like backslash girl that's scary. So, because I watch a lot of things i am constantly updating that because i am a person who stays up till 4 a.m watching movies um or i wake up at five and just throw on sharknado because i can um we're here um with that and pull it or www.girlthatscary.com also afropunk this saturday um, october 24th at 5 30 p.m yes it's free you ain't got no excuse you should be inside anyways exactly (laughs) wear a mask over your fucking nose that's what i got thank you let them know. Let them know. And I follow. I follow Letterbox. I follow Letterbox. You know my favorite thing about y'all's Letterbox is that you, Jazz, you sign your name after everyone. So you know <laughs> I said it. So you can check me. <laughs> you just told everybody I don't be on the internet, Justin. Thank you so much. I did. I did because <laughs> I. I like. I'm like. It will be signed, Cat. But I'm a every time. Yeah, Cat works. I work at home. Um, I'm a I teach public school, so I work and at I'm home. outside in the pandemic. Yeah. So mm. yeah, so we, we appreciate you. We we appreciate we appreciate both of you. We appreciate everybody you know mm. who who does go outside and, and and go through that. So like we just want you to be safe, y'all. Motherfucker, need to wear masks and you need to wash your hands. But yes. once again, thank you all for listening to Late Fees. Next episode, I think we uh, let me look at the calendar. I th- I think we got to pull another one out, out of out of the bag next week, guys. <laughs> Yes, we do. It is secret jack-o'-lantern. If you guys don't know that concept, <laughs> it is when each one of the hosts, we pick each other's names out of a hat and we pick a random scary movie. Uh, mostly this is just to, to troll Eric and make him watch the most depraved, you know, decrepit bullshit and oh, have him talk about it. I'm going to make Eric watch Bordello of Blood. <laughs> can't, nothing could be worse than Hatchet. Like, I, I survived it. <laughs> Oh, there's a lot worse than Hatchet. My there's friend. a lot worse than oh, Hatchet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make. Oh, I know what I'm gonna make Eric watch. Can, so, can, okay, can we just pick who we're gonna have? Yeah, can, I get Eric, can, can I get Eric? Can I get Eric? You can have year? Eric, and we'll figure out the rest later. I'll yeah, get Eric again this year. I, I know exactly what I'm gonna make Eric watch. I just watched this movie a couple days ago. He won't oh, know which one I'm talking about. Michael, he won't Michael know which Clay. one I'm talking about. Michael, huh? Michael Clay. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you watch Birth of a Nation. Anyway, uh, for, <laughs> Eric, for Eric. <laughs> For Eric, for, for, for Pat, for Dom, and of course, of the wonderful ladies of Girl That's Scary. Thank you guys for listening to, to uh, Late Fees. We'll be back next week for a very special episode, uh, Secret Jack Lantern. Uh, follow us at RNC Radio Live. Make sure you subscribe to us at RNC Watch, and we'll be back at you guys next week. And until then, the video store is closed. Peace. Oh, help me, please, doctor. I'm damaged. There's a pain where there once was a heart It's sleeping, it's abating Can't you please tear it out And preserve it right there in that jar Put your suit on, comb your lawn
Yeah.